Hey, before we get started today, we have a question for you. Well, a couple questions. Do you want to be able to improve your physical therapy skills working with patients with a cancer diagnosis? Do you want to be able to help those patients living with cancer at a higher level? Do you want to play an active role in changing the rules that govern the care for your patients? If the answer to any of those is yes, imagine how great it would feel to be able to confidently and successfully treat your patients living with cancer. Help them achieve the results that help their lives the most. Now, if you were given a plan that was easy to follow, shown how to execute each step, and given the confidence to put that plan into action, would you do it? If you want to see the change, you have to know what it looks like, you have to know how to make it happen, and you have to work for it. However you're comfortable learning, we have a program that will make you more prepared and confident to improve your patient care in oncology physical therapy. It is a virtual oncology physical therapy summit. It's going on live April 17th. We've got a list of the leading speakers in oncology physical therapy. But this virtual oncology physical therapy summit can help you unless you take the first step and make the investment of your time. And today's your chance. Come be a part of changing your care for patients living with cancer on April 17th. The link is available at ptpintcast.com. And yeah, right now, early bird pricing, we've got that. The link for the Virtual Oncology Physical Therapy Summit on April 17th is at ptpinecast.com. Go there, ptpinecast.com. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. Like craft beer for your ears. This is the PT Pinecast. All right, guys, getting started here again today. Before we begin, I want to let you know about a new sponsor for the show to say thanks. Uh, At your CBD store, they know that you want to be an up-to-date physical therapist about CBD. Patients coming in saying they're taking it, they're using it. How will that affect them in their treatment? In order to know that, you need the latest information about CBD and how it'll affect your patients. The problem is there's so much information in so many different places and so little time. So that's why your CBD store has put it all in one spot. Here's what you should do. Go to CBDRX4U.com. Their physician, Dr. Tony, has put all the information together in one spot. Check out their educational links and begin speaking confidently and clearly about CBD with your patients. Again, that website is CBDRX4U.com. We got that out of the way. Now, let's start the show. Here we go. It's PT Pinecast, a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories in the world of physical therapy. I am your host, Jimmy McKay. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast as we also video uh, video cast this thing on uh, Facebook, on the Twitter, on the YouTube. It just makes you sound really old and out of touch when you put the word the in front of things, doesn't it? Like the Twitter. I've been on my Twitter all day, Uh, but we are online at PT Pinecast and all the social platforms. Subscribe to the show. It is and always will be free. Uh, And the biggest way we like to say you can say thank you to the program is tell a friend. Just suggest it. All right. Uh, So make sure to subscribe on iTunes or all the major uh, platforms. Tonight, our guest, this is an exciting episode, a physical therapist and contractor for the Special Warfare Unit and embedded in the Tactical Air Control Party Unit of the United States Air Force at Fort Bragg slash Pope Army Airfield. Uh, She's also a nutrition coach and recently started her own blog called Fit for the Fight. 
educating on topics such as performance, recovery, and nutrition in rehab. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome physical therapist Danielle Pitaluga to the show. Danielle, hey, Jimmy. how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for uh, for asking. I'm excited. We've had we had conversations starting last summer with uh, really wanted to make sure we highlighted physical therapists such as yourself working in different areas in uh, in in PT. It kind of feels like that show Dirty Jobs, which is like, oh, somebody does that job. It's like, yeah, there's a physical therapist there because there's people. Um, so before we get into it, we always get the first the first question is always the hardest. The difficult stuff out of the way first. What are we drinking? I am drinking Coquina Mango. It's from Charleston. I was just visiting uh, Charleston last weekend to see my family, and I grabbed a couple beers. So. Wait, wait, hold that label back up. I want to see that. Show me that can. Pretty neat. So I lived in Pauly's Island for two years, and that is oh wow, that is that is where that is from, Pauly's Island, just uh, yep. just north of Charleston, just south of Myrtle Beach. Uh, great mm -hmm. location. Got a really great bar called the Pauly's Island Tavern. In case you're ever there, they just call it. The pit. The locals call it the pit. I'm going with a with a Corona with a couple of limes in there because I figure in the middle of a pandemic named after a, a beer company, you might as well just fully embrace it at this point. So I'm just drinking a Corona. Uh, first round brought to you by our friends at Owens Recovery Science. They're a single source for PTs looking for certification and personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training and the equipment you need to apply it properly in your clinical practice. Find them online at owensrecoveryscience.com. They've got information, Johnny and Kyle, Kimbrell, all across the uh, the country and the world educating on this, as well as their own podcast called the Owens Recovery Science Podcast. Easy to find. All right, that's out of the way. Uh, Danielle, you got a cool job. Uh, I do. We'll, start, we'll start from the start. How'd you get into that? How'd you get into working with, uh, with the Air Force? All right, so I'll, I'll start from the beginning. So back in high school, uh, I was trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. And the only thing that interested me was sports. So um, I knew I didn't want to do like the first line of defense, like being an athletic trainer. I didn't want to see the, the injuries firsthand, but um, I figured physical therapy would be the next best thing. Um, so at that time, my cousin had just joined the Marines and I was like gung-ho Marine supporting him. And, um, he ended up tearing his ACL while he was in the military, uh, went to physical therapy and I was like, Ooh, like, tell me more. So, um, I found out a little bit more about it. Uh, fast forward, I went to physical therapy school and then I tried to get one of my clinical rotations, uh, in the military and it just, it didn't work out. I tried, nobody was helping me and I just kind of gave up on it, um, which in retrospect, I wish I had tried harder. Um, but then, you know, I graduated, got uh, out of physical therapy school, got a couple of regular outpatient jobs, um, moved down to Florida, um, and then I never lived near a military base. So it just kind of like went to the back of my mind, didn't really think about it. Um, and then I met my now fiance and he convinced me to move to Raleigh. So moved up to Raleigh and I was looking for a job on Indeed and it just popped up, um, you know, job at Fort Bragg. So I looked it up as a little bit of a long drive, but um, considering like this is what I wanted to do from the beginning, I figured I would just give it a shot uh, okay. and it all ended up working out. Um, so that's how I got where I am. I think I just got really lucky and it's funny that it's like a full circle back where I started out like wanting to be. So it was pretty cool. All right. So you found it on Indeed, which means they probably weren't recruiting in terms of joining the military. So how do you get a job as a civilian within the military as a PT in that setting? Okay, so there's a couple different ways. So there's basically three different ways that you could be a physical therapist in the military. So one would be joining 
the military as an active duty physical therapist, um, which that comes with a lot of responsibilities. So you have to move every two, three years. Um, th that would be like the major thing for me. I don't know if I if I could handle that part of it. Um, but the so the second way is to be uh, a contractor like I am. So you're hired um, and employed by a private contracting company and you're paid by them. Um, and then the third way would be to be a civilian as um, working for the government, it's called a GS job. Um, so that comes with a lot of great benefits. That's why most people want a, a GS job. Um, and it's basically the same thing as, as what I do now. I mean, you can work in all kinds of settings, but uh, you're employed by the government. So you get um, all those benefits that come along with working for the government, like a pension, and those sorts of things. Um, so those are the three main ways. All right. So that's how you get in. Now let's talk pros and cons, right? Like, so mm -hmm. talk about, let's talk about the cons first. I always like to end on the kind of a positive note. So what are, are, if any, the cons, like what are some things that people should at least know about? Uh, working uh, for the military or as a contractor in specific? Working, let's go for the military and then a contractor. Okay. So working for the military negatives. Hmm. Um, well, it doesn't be negatives. It's just things that maybe people don't know about that they probably mm -hmm. know that you think, hey, this is something I didn't know going in that I think some people would probably want to know about. Okay. Hmm. Um, I don't know if there's really necessary. I'm like all for the positives. I don't really have anything right negative there. to say. All right. So uh, walk, walk us through what it's like. You've, you've done some, you know, typical, more typical and more, uh, more standard outpatient jobs. How is this mm -hmm. Okay, so that I can answer. Um, so I would say my favorite part is that I don't have to deal with insurance companies. That is like the greatest thing ever. Don't have to worry about like billing, fighting insurance companies, getting visits paid for, um, authorization, any of that stuff. So I love that. Um, the second thing would probably uh, be the fact that we have a lot of autonomy. So we're uh, treated as specialists, uh, and we're and we're trusted and respected in that way. Um, and so we're able to order imaging. Um, we don't have to call anybody or ask permission. We can just order uh, MRIs, x-rays, CT scans, anything that we uh, feel is appropriate. Um, and the research on that is really interesting. It shows that um, physical therapists in the military don't overuse that stuff the way that doctors do. So um, it's, it's hopefully going to be a civilian thing one day. Yeah. Um, and then we are able to order some medications, but not all, uh, just like basic kind of things, nothing like narcotic. Um, what else? Anything that is legal somewhere for a physical therapist to do, you can pretty much do in the military. And sometimes you have to, um, get credentialed for those kinds of things like dry needling and, um, like, um, what is it called? Um, the um, <laughs> I'm forgetting the the word. Um, oh yeah, battlefield battlefield acupuncture. Do you know what that is? I don't. Okay, so that's that's interesting. What is um, it? battlefield? Okay, so it is the, these little needles that look like little earrings that you put around the ear, um, and it is they're like on acupuncture points, and it's supposed to treat pain elsewhere. So it uh, date it dates back to um, when it was it was originally discovered to be helpful was on the actual battlefield um, when when soldiers were wounded um, they would stick these things in their ear and it would help relieve some pain so now it's being used by physical therapists in the clinic 
Um, But that's just one of the many fun things that um, like opportunities of things to learn and and utilize. But yes, there really seems like autonomy and and, and being able to treat really at the top of your license within within that setting. Um, Talk about the individuals you get to to work with. I'm guessing they're they're probably pretty motivated. You know, their their job is also probably pretty tied to their identity. So being injured or not being in whatever role they're being in is, is probably um, difficult for them. So they're probably pretty motivated to see you so they can get, they'll do whatever you, or hopefully do whatever you say so they can get back to that. You're exactly right. Yeah. So that's another great part of the job is that you don't have to deal with uh, workers comp patients or anyone that is, uh, like you said, anybody that's not motivated, they all want to get better because they want to be able to do their job. Um, so. Yeah, that's a great uh, one of the um, positives of of being a PT in in the unit that I'm in. Anyway, Um, they're all like elite athletes. And when they get injured, it's kind of like the end of the world. So um, they'll do anything to get better. That's great. So let's talk about that specific unit that you're 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 in a special warfare unit. So for Mm -hmm. people like me who are not involved in the military, so kind of walk us through what that means and then. Mm kind of what what their job is like because you've got to be thinking along that you know we did an interview with uh with an uh a fighter pilot uh physical therapist she was talking about like the weights of the helmet like, you've got to get specific mm-hmm. in their in their tactics in their job right yeah so that's huge so um so the guys that i work with are tactics like you said tactical air control party so um their job is to basically land in an area of combat um, via plane, um, whether it be jumping out or fast roping down. And then um, once they're on the ground, they have their equipment um, needed to basically uh, give the planes up above the target uh, coordinates of where like a bomb would be dropped. So they're calling in coordinates, it's called controlling the aircraft. Um, So yeah. Pretty cool. Um, So along with that, like you said, they are in training doing a lot of jumping and um, fast roping kinds of things that lead to a lot of lower extremity injury and a lot of low back injury as well. So um, understanding that and witnessing that firsthand is a a big part of the job. So for example, um, they let me go up in in a helicopter, which was really awesome. Um, And while it was really fun, it was also really helpful because I got to see uh, like from start to finish what is involved, like wearing that, the equipment that they have to wear with the, the shoe and everything, it's it's heavy and you're like constricted and you could be in that for hours, like waiting for um, the helicopter and then going up, sitting in there, you're all smushed in there. Like it is not ergonomic. <laughs> um, and then like what's involved with actually jumping. So they also took me to a wind tunnel uh, which is like the indoor skydiving. And I got to see like what it feels like to be in that position for a prolonged period of time, which also is not as easy as it looks. So uh, you really get to see like where your how much extension you need to have in your back and like the position that you have to have your arms in and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's helpful to see, um, you know, what kind of range of motion that they need to have or strength where they need strength and endurance, um, things like that. So yeah, um, they're really good about including us so that we can like fully understand and grasp the re- like requirements for their job. Just getting a really good picture about what what needs to be done physically, so you can kind of picture that and and work appropriately. I think one of the best one of the best um, 
framing of tactical athletes was actually from a guy by the name of Rich Westrick, who founded the tactical athlete special interest group within the APTA. And he said, listen, uh, you're a triathlete. I said, yeah. He said, then you know exactly what date and what time. I mean, I know the minute the gun's going to go off. And I know exactly where the hills are on the bike and the run. And I know pretty much how the weather is going to be. He said, so that's an, you're an athlete. A tactical athlete never knows what the course is going to be. They might find out last minute. And they have to constantly train like it might be tomorrow morning. It could be a week from now. And really, it was that mindset. I was like, oh, you've got to constantly train for this thing that you have no idea about. You're, so your, tra- your training is more vast, right? Mm-hmm. Or yep. a non-specific course, and you might get the call tomorrow morning, or it might be exactly. weeks from now, or it might be six months from now. So, so what about prolonged training? Are you working with the with the group as well for maintaining and avoiding injury? Yes. So I'm actually part of um, of like a human performance team. So along with myself and other physical therapists, we also have two strength coaches um, slash exercise physiologists. Um, so they do a majority of of that in what we call the human performance lab is just our version of the gym. Um, They are doing all the programming for the guys. uh, So they don't have to follow the programming, but they should, most of them do. Um, And so their, their primary job is to like keep them, you know, physically fit and ready, ready to go in, in that aspect. But we also get involved as a physical therapist, which is another fun part of the job. So we're not just stuck in the in the clinic all day. Um, we can go to the HPL and um, train the guys in there. And it's just, it's more um, elite type of types of things, not just like, you know, the regular stuff that you see in the clinic. Um, and then we kind of um, do different things like educational briefs to the units. Um, and then we'll also hold like small group classes, um, teaching them uh, movement prep, yoga, um, core routines, any anything to help prehab, we call consider it prehab to prevent them to get from getting injured. But then if they get injured uh, while working out, then we're there to treat the injury anyway. <laughs> Tell me, it happens. tell me a story about a moment that uh, that made you say, yeah, 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 this is why I'm here. This really made me, you know, kind of kind of was 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 uh, was closing the loop and said, yeah, this I, I'm in the right spot because of this day. Was there mm. is there something that comes to mind? Um, I would just say that there's been several instances where um, where guys have been close to being it's called med boarded is when you get to the point where, you know, because of your physical state, you're no longer able to fulfill your job duties and you have to, uh, you're getting out of the military. And it wasn't, sometimes it's by choice, but a lot of times it's not. So um, I've had several people that have been very, very close to being med boarded and I was able to prevent that from happening. And they're like super grateful for that. So um, that's what I, I would say really makes makes me feel like the it's it's great that's a huge deal i mean i mentioned you know a while ago and and we've heard this several times with uh, physical therapists in the military or with other tactical athletes which is this is uh it's part of their identity i mean my dad was a firefighter right so when he was you know when anybody got injured there's almost like you don't even talk about it because you don't want anybody to find out about it because if you have to you know, maybe get med board, maybe get you removed from a little, go on light duty as they call it in the fire department. Like you don't want that because your right. identity is tied to, I want to be ready. I want to be there for my guys or the girls next to me. So um, that's, mm-hmm. that's gotta be a great feeling. And, and yeah. you being looked at as part of the team, um, that's how you contribute to that part of the team. Right. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So um, that's it, that uh, um, being embedded. We're basically just like part of this little family because we're right there. We're not in any, you know, medical treatment facility. Um, we're right there, like on campus. They can walk across the street, across the parking lot, and we're right there. Uh, and we're included on, in on all of the like um, fun stuff that they do. You know, we've been laser tagging and trampoline parking and all like team building types of things. So yeah. we're included in all that. So we just always feel like we're a part of the family. So yeah, we, we, we got to get Rich Westrick back on the show. He's, he's retired out of the U S army, but he's done some research on this and he, he, you know, he's shown when this type of things that you're talking about, this, this embedded structure, when it was just an idea and they've tracked the research on, you know, injury and re-injury rates, when you've got an embedded PT or other healthcare practitioners, it goes down. And when that goes down, uh, downtime is reduced and that's cost savings. And when you can start to show cost savings, that's not why we do it, but that's how we can validate what we do. And that's got to, number one, you do it for that moment, right? That moment you, you skirted that, that, that girl or that guy from, from being med boarded. Um, but if it's a cost savings, all right, well then the, you know, the guys with the pencils and the spreadsheets, they're going to, they're going to say, okay, putting Danielle there makes sense mm -hmm. money wise. Uh, yeah. Talk about this PT side hustle. Do something on the side. Because yeah. apparently doing all that work uh, isn't enough for you. So you've got uh, this PT side hustle called Fit for the Fight. What's that? All right. So, um, well, I guess from the beginning, I, I got into this whole FIRE idea, financial independence, retire early, where it's all about finding like side hustles. And and so I got this idea of to like start a blog. And Fit for the Fight actually was not my first blog. So I tested it out first with like a book blog because I like to read and I thought that it would be like a, a fun, you know, way to learn everything. Um, and it was. And then after a while, it just kind of felt like work. So I thought maybe doing a physical therapy one would just be easier. Like it, it wouldn't feel like work because it's something that I love. So uh, that's what I've started up. It still feels like work because it is a lot of work, yeah. um, but so far so good. I'm just going slow because obviously I'm still working a full-time job. So um, I do what I can when I have the energy, when I get home. Um, but it is, it is a lot of work. So what can people find there? Who, who's, who are you trying to connect with? Who are you trying to help and, and inspire and educate and entertain? Yeah. So my, my idea was that um, a lot of times when I'm treating patients, I am referring them to other people's social media sites like, oh, check, check this out. Look at these exercises that this person posted or um, read this article that they wrote on on blood flow restriction or whatever. And so I decided, why am I referring them to other people when I have this knowledge, I just need to put it somewhere. So yeah. that's what I'm trying to do so that I can refer them to my own website and uh, Instagram and that kind of thing. How can they find it? How can the listeners right now take a, take a look and, and, and join? So uh, the name of it is fit for the fight, um, but I had to shorten it. So it's fit. And then the number four fight tf.com. Um, oh. And then the Instagram is the same thing fit for TF. Well done. Anything that I didn't I didn't ask or bring up that you'd want uh, PTs or who might be looking to make a shift or SPTs, student physical therapists who are saying, yeah, this is something I'd like to do. Anything you'd want them to know? I, w I would go for it. I mean, I have no regrets. I don't think I would ever go back to civilian world if I don't have to. That's great. It's pretty awesome. That's great. Um, uh, Danielle, you ready to do uh, three questions? We asked three questions. All right, let's do three questions on the program. Let's do it.
Got the funky music playing and everything. Three questions brought to you by our friends from Fusion Medical Staffing. Uh, happy Travel PT. Start here as a Travel PT or PTA. You get to decide where, when, and how you do what you do best. That's provide quality care to your patients. With a travel first mentality means you get full control of your healthcare career. And that scares a lot of people when they hear travel PT, but they've got their, this traveler first mentality. So you create the travel lifestyle you love and deserve, and they have detailed job, job transparency so you can seriously choose your own adventure. You see what you're getting into before you get into it. Uh, start your adventure at fusionmedstaff.com, that website. Go there, fusionmedstaff.com. All right, here we go, Daniel. Three questions. Uh, first question, obviously a where question. You're in North Carolina, correct? Mm-hmm. All right, North Carolina. But it, w- once we can travel safely and freely about the country, where's someone you, somewhere you've got to go? So uh, probably a lot of people say this, but Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been there. It looks amazing. Um, I actually want to have our honeymoon there, but we're going to have to wait until you know things are a little bit more normal. Yeah. Uh, and But here's the thing about Hawaii. People do say that a lot on the show. Um, they do have travel contracts there. There are people there. And, you know, I knew somebody who used to go from Colorado to Hawaii and do, do the whole thing. So, yes, it is. A, it's not an outside possibility. It's, it's completely probable. Uh, second question is a what question. What's something that you think the audience uh, should watch, listen to, read a book? You said you had a book. It's got to be a book, right? You had a book blog. What yep. is that? <laughs> something they can get value from. So I just finished Extreme Ownership. Jock Have you heard of that one? Yep. Jock it on the shelf. It's on the list. Yeah. Yep. It's awesome. So what? I just finished that one. I highly recommend it. Big takeaway. What? What's like a big takeaway from that one? All right. So it's all about just taking ownership for for everything in life, like not blaming others for things. Um, you know, all your failures, successes, everything. Um, you have to take ownership of that, and mm. it just makes you so much more successful. Is, that's Jocko, right? He his like social media every morning is like he just takes a picture of his watch, four four away, push. He's got a pretty intense Hardcore. podcast too. He's not, he does not pull punches. All right, extreme. Yeah. Last thing, last question on three questions is a who question. Who is someone you think the audience should know more about? Um. So Janelle McCulley. Uh, she is an ex Air Force pilot, and um, I had the pleasure of watching her do a presentation when she was active duty. She came to Fort Bragg, and um, she's basically the pioneer of um, mindfulness in, in as part of like performance. Um, so she's like super motivational. I love following her on LinkedIn. Uh, she has so much so much good stuff stuff to say and book recommendations. So we get along. So yeah. like that. this whole mindfulness thing, it wasn't there 15, 15, 20 years ago. Now, like every major sports team, you know, tactical environments, like people are saying you need to a bit large businesses are bringing this in they're saying we are seeing net returns on this and this is making people feel better and perform better so look into that like that suggestion all right last thing we do on the show is the parting shot you ready for that sure doesn't matter we're doing it anyway There we go. Uh, Party Shop brought to you by our friends, the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. They know you want to be a confident, up-to-date orthopedic PT. To do that, you need an easy way to get the latest information so you can best treat your patients. You need that. The problem is new information comes out all the time. You might not have time to even just corral that information, which can make you feel overwhelmed and left behind. They get it. 
They know what it's like to feel that way. So they did the work for you. They've got a course called Current Concepts of Orthopedic PT. To do it, all you do is this. You ready? Go to orthopt.org, register for Current Concepts of Orthopedic Physical Therapy, and begin that journey to being a confident and current orthopedic PT. Also a great way to study for that OCS exam. I mean, the leaders in just look at the reading list for current concepts. It's the leaders in orthopedic PT. That's why they call themselves that. Current concepts of orthopedic PT at orthopt.org. All right, Danielle, here it is. Your mic drop moment. What do you want to leave with the audience today for your parting shot? Um, so I would say that I regret uh, looking back, like not trying harder to uh, find a, like a um, clinical rotation in the military. So I would say that as corny as this sounds, just don't give up. If you know what you want, you have a dream, you have a goal. Um, I gave up too easily and I could have been working with the military this whole time, but um, I'm, I'm happy to be there now. So yeah, if you've got that fire, listen, I'd rather go after something I really, really love and, and really want to know more about and fail, get there and go, Oh, you know what? This actually isn't, I'd rather do that the other way but you've you found your way you got there i love I it but I, I i do like that sentiment of letting everybody know hey it's okay to it's okay to push for if you really care about it uh danielle <laughs> appreciate you stopping by and shedding some light on the really cool and meaningful work that you do so thank you for that I, thank you for doing it thank you for your service to the people who are doing the service uh and thanks for talking about it yeah thanks for having me it was fun Love the PT Pinecast? Yes. Yes. Support the show by telling a friend or by leaving a review on iTunes or Google Play. All right, show today brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. Brooks IHL offering continuing education courses in numerous specialty areas, six PT residency programs, an OMPT fellowship, as well as challenging but rewarding internships. The IHL specializes in the translation of information from evidence to patient management, Learn what they can do for you to support your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. ptpinecast.com. Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. Providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at buildpt.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast, LLC. It's poured fresh by me, physical therapist, Jimmy McKay. Ingredients are sourced by our chief connections officer, Sky Donovan from Marymount University. And it's brewed fresh by producer and physical therapist, Juliet Dassinger. And by producer and creator, second year PT student, Bridget Nolan from Sacred Heart University. PT Pinecast is a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories. Make sure to follow us online at PT Pinecast and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. I absolutely love you. I love you, love you, love you. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. And if you found value in the show, all we ask is that you tell a friend. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.